Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa. Uh, you know, we travel full-time on our Love Your Parks tour. And today we're going to talk about one of those parks that we have not been to, but we really want to get to like now. Um, and part of our travels, as well as we publish Big Blend magazines, all kinds of magazines, and do our Big Blend radio shows, is we are also part of traveling the Jefferson Highway. Jefferson Highway is super cool. This was started in 1915 by the editor of Better Homes and Magazine, and it really connects Winnipeg, Canada, you can follow this route from Winnipeg all the way down to New Orleans or go the other way or just do parts of it. We did parts of it. We didn't even know we were doing it. And now we're like, we're going to do this entire highway somehow this year. And we're going to be doing some more magazine uh, features on it. And um, we keep doing this podcast every fourth Thursday with Roger Bell, who's the president of the Jefferson Highway Association. And this highway is uh, on this resurgence of just being popular and just now it's going to be right back where, you know, where Route 60 is, Route 66 is today. But it's so cool because it connects two countries together. And uh, so everyone, you can go to jeffersonhighway.org. Uh, the park we're going to talk about is the George Washington Carver National Monument, but we're going to talk about him as well. Not only do we have Roger Bell back on the show, we also have actor and playwright Paxton J. Williams on the show. So welcome, Paxton. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Cool. Good to have you here. And Roger, welcome back. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this show. Uh, you know, these are these are the learning experience for me. And I'm learning a lot uh, about uh this in preparation for the show and it's just fascinating uh, all the communities on the route that uh, were uh, associated with uh, George Washington Carver especially in his early days I, I think he is probably I just he's a fascinating person that I wish more people knew about and I you know before we hit the record button I was talking about how we found out about him and it was about a program we were doing about excellence and excellence is about, it's not just success. Success is, I reached a goal, but excellence is continuing forward, right? And George Washington Carver, every time we were doing something, kept popping up. And I'm like, who is this dude? You know, then I'm like, he's into plants and botany and diversification and culture and in plants and in understanding the soil and the natural world. And so I've been really like, fascinated and um, I really want to go to his National Monument but I want to go to Paxton here because the National Monument everyone is on the highway in Missouri um, but Paxton what led you to writing a play and and being George Washington Carver I mean we've we've Googled, everyone just google him on YouTube and everything um, so, Paxton. I, so I would say the exciting thing uh, really so growing up I learned about Carver and growing up, I learned probably what most people learn, uh, that, you know, I learned he was a smart person who did a lot of work with peanuts and who worked mm. at the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. Uh, I went to undergrad at Iowa State uh, University in Ames, Iowa. And when I was there, that's when I really learned about Carver's multitudes. Uh, Carver was Iowa State's first black student and f first black faculty member. And I like to say I, I missed him by 100 years. We would have been friends because he left in the uh, summer of 1896 to go to Tuskegee, mm. and I was a freshman the fall of 1996. So mm. I, I, I learned a lot about him while I was there, and while I was there, I took a seminar, and in the seminar, we actually visited Carver's birthplace in Diamond, Missouri, southwest Missouri, uh, which, as you mentioned, is on the highway. And so uh, just learning more about his multitude, seeing where he came from, uh, learning about how he was able to accomplish so much and how he was able to apply all of his varied interests, which is so exciting to me. And so that's kind of when I first got the idea to share his story, because uh, folks, when they learn the story, they're always surprised uh, 
up, up, up the, the, the various facets of it. And they're also just excited, you know, to, to learn. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, why I said about diversity with him. He was like, we needed to go beyond cotton. We needed to go beyond even peanuts, right? It wasn't oh, just, yeah. he, he wanted all of it. He's like, that's how, well, I think he understood. Visionary. He understood, like Nancy and I, um, we were big in studying animals and wildlife and nature. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Nancy's roots and taking me to Kenya when I was a little kid and living in, in Africa for so long. And you understand by living out in the wild, like we did mm -hmm. for a little while, um, you understand the web of life very quickly. And if you don't understand yeah. the web of life, you're going to, you're going to you're get gonna in trouble. Hurt. You're going to hurt. hurt somewhere. And you realize that everything is interconnected. And I think that's what I have a big, I mean, they talk about fandom, but I, I mean that about George Washington Carver, that he really brought that out. I think he was really trying to teach the web of life. Would, would you agree with that? Well, I, I clearly, I would say Carver understood systems and he un and he understood the best way to address systems was a holistic way or in a holistic manner. And if you look at all of the work he did uh, with Southern agriculture or with his uh, discoveries or even his old interest in art, you know, trying to find mm -hmm. ways to, to come up with different types of paints that people could make themselves so that they could beautify their homes. It was all about helping people live more enjoyable, more fulfilling, uh, better lives. And he did that, you know, with his work promoting uh, plants and flowers, you know, promoting the use of the peanut, you know, trying to get farmers away from planting solely cotton, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really, no, I, go ahead, Nancy, sorry. I was just going to say, we, I'm not going to say what the town or city is, but we spent some time in a city where their main crop was peanuts. And oh, Yuma. Yeah, you say yeah, that. The peanut patch talks about this history all the time. Our friends over yeah, the and, But they they did get to the point at one point where their sole crop was peanuts, and they're almost doing what we're talking about you shouldn't be doing. One single crop that you keep repeating over and over dilutes the soil of particular nutrients that that plant needs so you know it, it's kind of an interesting thing you know because when we lived there if you know about carver they admire that it, it it was kind of a it's, odd it's situation about the, but yeah the, they had a white fly infestation and yes not only did they were peanuts were a big deal but lettuce is the winter crop of yuma arizona Mm -hmm. And so also, this is also in the, um, up in uh, Central California in the San Joaquin Valley is where you'll get your winter lettuce crops. In fact, the migrant workers go back and forth between Salinas and the San Joaquin Valley, Central Valley, Tulare County, and down into Yuma, Arizona area and Bard Valley. And so this white flag got, a, you know, attacked mm -hmm. the peanuts and started attacking the lettuce instead. Mm. And the lettuce, yeah. they're like, hell no, we're making too much money on the lettuce. And so which our friend uh, Donna George, who owns the peanut patch, said, okay, well, they took the, the peanuts out. And um, they can grow medjool dates there, which is really fascinating because they started there and they can go up to Indio, and that's that in this country. And um, and into Mexico. And they have no the natural pests. No natural <laughs> pests there. And they come yeah. directly from Morocco just to there. And... Um, so we've done all this. We've done. A, we've done videos. We've done. We've we've been out in the fields, literally <laughs> doing this. But our friend with the peanut patch, she was like, she teaches people the history of agriculture in Yuma, mm -hmm. and says it is because oh, they made those choices not to be as diverse. They have some diversification, but I think if uh, Mr. Carver had gone there, uh, Washington, Mr. Washington Carver, I should say, um, that they would, um, he, he would probably change our minds a little bit. I'm just being straight up honest on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, right? But, and oh, and I just said Washington Carver. Can you explain that for people that, that um, how he got his name? So it's, it's fascinating. So when he was just a little boy, he was actually originally known as Carver's George, as, you know, George who belonged to Carver. And it mm -hmm. was only 
until he had uh, lived, he was living in Kansas at the time, and there were two folks with the same name, two folks named George Carver, folks were starting to kind of get them mixed up and talking about them or delivering mail and the like. And so uh, Carver started using W as his milling issue. And then somehow some folks assumed it stood for Washington and it just kind of stuck mm. with him. And so that's, uh, well, it's kind of an odd, uh, interesting, you know, most folks, you know, expect that he was, or think that he was named after president, you know, mm. uh, uh, President Washington, uh, George Washington, but he, but he wasn't. Was he oh. always called that? I mean, commonly, were there three names like that, or was that just something that has happened over time that, um, you know, it's, he wasn't called George Carver, he was just called George Washington Carver, as we know, as we grew up learning about. But number one, don't they get the, like, if you were in a slave family, right, don't you get the name of the, the family who owned the slaves? That's Because the Carvers, were, they, weren't they German, or am I getting that wrong? Oh yeah, the, yeah. Those the Carvers who owned George's mother, uh, mm-hmm. and you know George and his brother Jim. So, uh, so, so that's where the Carver came from, and he was named George. But it was just later, uh, and you'll often see uh, if you look at letters from the the day, or even articles written about him at the time, they'll often say George W. Carver. Sometimes you'll see uh, George mm-hmm. Washington Carver, okay. but, but but you'll often see both uh, mm-hmm. George Washington Carver and George W. Carver. When we look at it from the Jefferson Highway perspective a little bit on this, you know, he he was born very near the, uh, the route, I think it was originally called Diamonds Grove, is that correct? And, yes, Diamond uh, Grove. And then there's some talk he went to, uh, uh, he was told maybe to go to a school down in, am I wrong, in Newell, Missouri, is that correct? Well, he didn't, uh, he, that was in the Osho. The Osho, so, okay. So, so not as far as Noel. Noel's probably... A little bit farther north. south, yeah. Yes, yeah. And then we know he went to Fort Scott. Um, yep. And then I, I ran into some things about him that says he spent maybe a little time in uh, Olathe, Kansas, and Paola, Kansas, which are on the highway. And then, uh, obviously, he ended up in, uh, in Iowa, and then... Uh, yeah, uh, went to uh, Simpson College in Indianola, and there's a ton of fascinating things there. Um, uh, his history time there. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. He was uh, at that time he was going in for art, music. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, obviously went up. Uh, uh, was persuaded to get to to go to. Uh, uh, what later became Iowa State, I guess, in Ames. So it's uh, it's just kind of like he, uh, not exactly, but he, he did, there was a few other towns he was at before. But this all happened um, over time and obviously way before the Jefferson Highway time. But it's just kind of interesting how many towns on the route that have something mm-hmm. to do. So, you, you know, a traveler today can uh, kind of start somewhere in Missouri, go over to the Kansas route, go to a few places that he would have been at and then end up into Iowa. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I understand maybe, is there a museum of some uh, in uh, uh, Indianola there, Paxson? Yeah, they have a, a pretty nice historical uh, building uh, and museum where there's a number of uh, displays related to Carver uh, and, the, you know, some historic pieces from folks who knew him and from his time here uh, that, that are there. Maxson, how does it feel like for you to assimilate this, this person's character and, and perform? Like, do you feel like when you're performing that you're actually him? So, well, okay, I'll say this. That's a, that's a real compliment because he's, a, uh, he's such a very inspirational person. Uh, mm. He he did so much, you know, and so some of the names of the towns that were just mentioned, for example, there are great stories that to this day people remember or people have written about, you know, from his time in these places. Uh, you know, so, for example, uh, Old Lake, the Kansas was mentioned. Carver was there probably around ooh, 1879, 1880. Uh, he, he lived with some folks called the Seymours, uh, Ben and Lucy, African-American couple. And mm-hmm. they, they just took him in, right? You know, he was there. He was, he was fairly young still at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe 15 or so, if that. And, you know, he needed a place to live. Uh, he, he was trying to 
pursue, he, uh, pursue his education. They were able to help him out, so he lived there for a while. You know, we mentioned Fort Scott, Kansas. Uh, Carver actually, he, he, meant, he witnessed a lynching in Fort Scott, hmm. and, and, and he actually, and he wrote about it. And he was, he was, and this was before he was uh, with the Seymour, so he was, you know, he was early, he was younger than 15 at this point. And, wow. and, and he wrote, as young as I was, the horror haunted me and does even now. Uh, yeah. That's, so that's, I mean, that's in a letter he wrote. And then, but then all these other places, you know, Simpson College in Indianola, uh, he studied art there, as was mentioned. Uh, he was only there a year before he went to Ames, uh, to the Iowa Agricultural College. And he was only there for a year because uh, his art teacher actually at Simpson uh, recognized that it might be difficult for him to make a living for himself as a, as a painter, as an artist. And so mm -hmm. she, she recommended that he study botany uh, because she could tell from his drawings and plants and flowers that he had, near where he lived, that, that he had uh, some, uh, some genius in that area. And, and so mm -hmm. it's, it's such a, so all these places, uh, I mean, it's pretty neat, you know, that, that he was, you know, he, he, and he was yeah. paying, the, you know, he was trying to find ways to pay silver. Didn't he sound like he, what I remember reading on this, he, well, he didn't stay on campus at Simpson. He stayed in some kind of shack, maybe just laundry or something to pay his way. Yes. Yes. Correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. oh, so it's, wow. And, wow. but it what seems like he, you know, whatever he got on, whatever, wherever he got there, um, People seem to just generally be drawn to him. Um, well, that's I what, can gather. Well, and I would agree. I mean, I, I the one interesting uh, one interesting thing about Carver is that wherever he went, he was able to uh, get involved in the community. He was able to, you know, meet people who he must have had cared. a natural people person or something. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think they they cared about his well being. They tried to find ways. To, it, here's the thing I really like. I mean, they didn't know he was going to become famous. You know, they didn't know that we'd be sure, talking about yeah. it in the day, but but they they realized he had inherent worth uh, just because he was a person, mm -hmm. and, and and I think that's one of the greatest stories about his experiences yeah. in, in each of these places. Well, how how did he get to when you think about going to college, right, and even studying the arts? Because even women at that time it was like that's what you do at tea time in the parlor. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to go be anything as women, right? And, you know, I mean, when you look at what uh, African-Americans went through and women went through, it was kind of, you know, there, but not uh, African-American women. Now you're, in, you're, you're, you're so like having a rough time compared to white women, but white women also had some shackles in, in certain ways, not shackles that African-American women had. Um, and, you know, it just is an interesting thing when we go back to those times because of education was one of the most important things that anyone could have. And when I look at kids now, I'm like, come on, you got to go get your education. You're so lucky to have this. And, and many do get that. But um, at that point, for him to be able to study something like the arts, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of one of those things that people may look at as frivolous in a way and for him to understand the literature and be able to read and write that so that's why I want to go because it was so hard for so many people at that time of history right to be able to have that and um, I think women women did do a lot to help but um, yeah to do you know what I mean it's yeah. when I look I mean, at the history lines it's like okay you're you're, in, you're you're having a hard time getting out of any of this, but he somehow did. How how did that how did that happen for him? Where he was able to read, write, learn? Was it the Carver family? How so did that I, happen? I, I I think a lot of what Carver was able to do and and what he did and why he did it stems from his childhood in Southwest Missouri. So uh, he did not know his father actually had been enslaved on a nearby farm and had been killed in a farm accident before George's oh. birth. So, so George didn't know him. Mm -hmm. when, when George was yet a toddler, uh, he and his mother were abducted by these outlaws. Uh, mm -hmm. This was during the waning days of the Civil War. And the belief was that those folks 
uh, abducted them to resell them in the slavery, you know, to, to make money off of them. And so uh, George was found and brought back to the Carver homestead. He was found in Northwest Arkansas, but uh, George's mother was never found. So George and his older brother, Jim, uh, were for the most part raised by the Carvers. And so mm -hmm. the Carvers didn't have any children of their own, but they had some nieces and nephews around who were around George's age. And so there were other kids around. But uh, so I think that that was one thing. Right. So I think being raised by the Carvers, uh, George was not allowed to go to the local school because of his race. And mm -hmm. Susan Carver, uh, the wife of Moses Carver, she taught George how to read. And, and George was sickly as a child. And as a result of being sickly, he would often have more free time than he might have otherwise have had because he would have been working. But because uh, he was sickly, he could explore, you know, some of his interest in the art. And so it was in the art. So as a kid, he was able to practice making paints or, you know, he made paints as a kid. Uh, he, he started oh, wow. working in his own garden as a kid, you know, working with plants and flowers. Mm -hmm. And so I, and he also as a young age realized the importance of an education. And it was uh, when he left the Carver, the Carvers to go to Neosho to attend school, he attended uh, what was then known as the, the colored school that was created in 1872. And, uh, it was at that school where he lived with folks called the Watkinses, who were just neighbors who also didn't know him, but they took him in, African-American couple. And, and they, they encouraged him to get his education and they encouraged him to, to share that education with others. And so uh, it's just such a, it, many of the things that, that he did later in life, you can trace back to his childhood and his, his struggle to get an education. I think that's, one reason why he didn't leave Tuskegee, one reason why he, he dedicated his life to being a professor uh, and being a, an educator uh, and, you know, trying to not just help his students, but help the local community. And so, oh. you know, he tried, he tried to share his research with others. He created these bulletins uh, that, you know, you might still be able to find them uh, dealing with planting peanuts, planting tomatoes, planting soybeans, planting black-eyed peas. Recipes. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but that's such a huge deal. I mean, it's just such a huge deal, especially in those times, you know, um, because when you think about his life being a child of slaves, you really weren't just handed down an education. Like, you know, most were not. And that has been something of a struggle even to this day of getting that change to be taken, that change to be taken place, to take place. It has to still yeah. progress. And I think that's what's so important about, you know, these conversations and what you're doing about honoring his legacy and keeping his torch alive and having the monument, his birthplace where you can go uh, on the Jefferson highway and now, like Nancy, we have to just go do a, you know, George Washington Carver route. We have to do oh, a map sure. of all the places now, you know, mm -hmm. do the Pony Express. We might as well, you know, we're going to do the Jefferson Highway too. We've got to just do one just for him. Because I think there's something of... There's, it's inspirational. There's this, it is hugely inspirational no matter who you are, mm -hmm. that no matter what is in your way, you can keep going and it doesn't mean it has to, you don't move a mountain overnight. And I think he really had that um, way of, you can just, you can go stone by stone and communication by communication. It's funny you mentioned communication. Uh, we were talking about the route earlier and uh, it was shared how a uh, hundred years ago, this, this month, uh, Carver spoke uh, at Wiley College uh, mm -hmm. in Marshall, Texas. And, and if you've seen the movie The Great Debater, yes. uh, starring, starring Denzel Washington, yes. that's, that's Wiley College, right? And yeah. so, so, so Carver spoke there in, in 1923. And, mm -hmm. and, and if you look at the, the whole route, you know, Carver spoke uh, in 1938 uh, in St. Paul, so near Minneapolis, at, at wow. McAllister College. And so uh, he was good friends with the professor there, uh, Glenn Clark, uh, who wrote a book about Carver. And so, yeah, so Carver's there in 30. So, I mean, Carver, if you look at lots of places, you know, you can uh, see, 
you could see where you know his impact uh, but but you, but there's a story to be told not just about the place but about like what brought him to those places Why, and, yeah and what was the re reaction what happened from his speaking and yeah. his communication with people how did that change people's lives i mean you could you could that could be a whole life's rabbit hole like really looking at the impact i mean the impact for you look how many people you've changed lives in in what you do in your performances and, you know? and it's and it's, it's funny so uh i worked at the carver birthplace association which is headquartered at carver national monument for about five years and mm -hmm. one of my board members uh curtis mcclinton uh, he was born in muskogee oklahoma uh, which is oh, which is next to, he's right next door to Roger. Yeah, my neighbor. He's, he's neighbor, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and 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 Curtis, I don't know if y'all if you may remember him, he was on the Super Bowl one and Super Bowl four uh champion uh, they won the, the Chiefs won the fourth Super Bowl. Chiefs. And so and so and so he was on that and he was one of my board members. He's he's uh he's a brilliant person. He was a, a deputy assistant secretary of commerce, a great singer himself. And yeah. and he and he also is someone who's really inspired by Carver, uh, mm. and and who you know just does a great job sharing Carver's story and 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 embodying many of the traits of giving back to you know your community and being of service. And so I think mm. the folks who are intrigued by Carver's story, it's a, it's a pretty neat group, uh, you know, and and it's folks who who come from places you know where Carver was or. Or not too far from where it was at, and it's also people who come from places who, you know, physically have no connection to Carver, but who just uh, they they learned about him, right? And and, and they were inspired mm -hmm. by what they learned. Mm -hmm. In the last month, we've had the uh, the I guess Iowa has officially designated uh, February first. Is that correct? Yeah, as, yes. as the day. And I know uh, uh, there's been quite a bit of stuff. Um, um, how how did that all transpire? And uh, um, I, that's uh, it's really interesting. I, I ran across an article back in the 1940s where, at that time, there was uh, somebody, uh, one of the Congress was saying we needed a George Washington Carver Day back in 1942, um, I want to say, uh, and uh, you know so. It, it's just amazing uh, that's happened, but I'm sure it took a lot of work to get that in Iowa over time, and uh, it's really uh, great. So it's 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 interesting. So there's uh, two things that I, I think I, I should share. So one thing, uh, Carver National Monument is the first unit in the national park system dedicated to an African American. That's right. Uh, yeah. And it's the the first. It was the first birthplace monument to anyone other than the U.S. president. And the, mm -hmm. and the fascinating thing is legislation was passed to create Carver National Monument about half a year after Carver passed away. Yeah. And so, I mean, people at the time really, uh, I mean, I think today we don't understand we how big Carver was in his own day. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so he's kind of been, you know, relegated to a couple paragraphs in the elementary school book. But, uh, but in his day, he was, he was big. Uh, mm -hmm. And and related to the the Carver Day here in Iowa. So uh, Carver is now the third Iowan to have a day of recognition. Uh, the first two are Herbert Hoover, president, and mm. uh, Norman Borlaug, who received the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for his work mm. in, uh, in agriculture. And Carver is the third one. And that effort was really led by two uh, great Iowans, uh, one being Ambassador Kenneth Quinn, the former president of the World Food Prize Foundation. He was ambassador to Cambodia under uh, Bill Clinton. And the other person is the legendary opera singer, uh, Simon Estes. Uh, they're both from Iowa. And, and Simon was one of the, uh, the first African-Americans to yeah. perform at the Met. He was the first African-American uh, oh, opera wow. singer to do the works of Wagner at Bayreuth. I mean, yeah. he's performed for popes and kings and presidents. Wow. I mean, he is... Cool. And, and and they're both just, uh, you know, very active still, uh, both, you know, committed to uh, uplift and, and trying to find ways to uh, to bring people together. And, and, and they're working to, to share Carver's story, which I think mm -hmm. is really great. Awesome. Wow. I wonder about 
if he met Charles Young, who was arguably the first superintendent of the national park system that was uh, African-American, he was acting superintendent for Sequoia National Park. Really? And he created, and I, you know, Charles Young um, has, and I what know you, something, he, he, look at he the did, years. yeah, I'm trying to look it up because it's really hard because with George Washington Carver, his birth date is not a hundred percent there that um, we don't know a hundred percent, really. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he was, um, a, you know, well, it's not that far off, like. It doesn't seem so far off, but that's a rabbit hole thing again. And yeah. that's where I kind of go down. But I just remember that Charles, I know he's a Buffalo soldier, but, um, you know, he was born 1864. So is that too late? Do you think um, Charles Young was born 1864? Oh, that's around the same time. That's the same year. Yeah. Yeah. And born so I know year. he was a general. He went to West Point and stuff. I mean, he was... Um, he, you know, as as I always say, a badass. He was. And I think he did some things with the Tuskegee Airmen, and I could be wrong on that. I'm looking at it Probably now. And I'm like, it. No, I'm wrong. He was in West Point, but I just think there was just so much going on in Tuskegee at that time, and I don't know. It just seems like there's, I don't know. There's oh, yeah. Some, I, well, I mean, I'm, I would not be surprised because lots of folks uh, made their way to Tuskegee, uh, including Will Rogers went to Tuskegee, uh, President Franklin Roosevelt uh, passed through mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, lo- lots of people who are well known today, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, I mean, you know, they made their way there. Another uh, fascinating person to me on is, is, is the Henry Ford. Um, oh. And uh, uh, you might tell us a little bit about that. It's my understanding yeah, that uh, um, they were. Um, respected each other, and uh, oh. I've, I've seen some pictures with Edsel. I want to say, so yeah. So they met. It was either I and I used to know this. It was I think it was either thirty five or thirty seven that they met, uh, and they met at a, a what was known as Kimmergy. Well, I don't think we use that word anymore, but it was a Kimmergy conference. And Kimmergy was kind of like the industrial. It was trying to come up with industrial uses for plant. Uh, product. So it's kind of like what we oh, might wow. consider like synthetic today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a conference for that and they met and it was in Dearborn, Michigan and Carver was one of the, the main speakers and mm-hmm. a- and after that he and Ford became uh, I think very good friends. Uh, they would visit each other at least annually. Um, sometimes they would see each other more than once a year and mm-hmm. Carver would uh, Carver went to visit uh, Dearborn Village uh, that Henry Ford had set up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Ford went to visit Carver in Tuskegee and he also actually, uh, so when he was in Tuskegee he saw that Carver lived in a dormitory and he had to walk up a flight of stairs and as Carver was getting older it was difficult for him to do so Henry Ford paid to have an elevator installed for oh, Carver's wow. use and, uh, wow. and, and but I would say but really meaningful to Carver was uh, Ford created a school for black children Near his, he had a home in Georgia. Ford did, and uh, Ford paid to have a school built there for the student for those students, and he named it after Carver. And so Carver and the Aww. then Tuskegee president attended the dedication. Wow, nice. yeah, Henry Ford. Henry Ford. I just did a quote of the day we do on our Facebook, and it was about Henry Ford. He's like, you know, it's like if you think things are going back, just you know, remember that airplanes take off with the wind in their face. You know. And what? Go ahead. Go ahead. What I was going to say, the interesting thing about Ford is there are so many things that today, I mean, I mean, presumably back then, people who knew about those things, he was so wrong on so many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it just shows you, you know, when we look at history, that mm-hmm. people can be, that people are complicated. People can be complicated. And, oh, and, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's possible to appreciate certain aspects you know, of, of a person's being, but it's quite possible to abhor, you know, certain beliefs that, that they might have espoused. And so I think that that's one thing when I talked about mm-hmm. him before, you know, people who know, uh, you know, about some of his obvious oh. beliefs, you know, they, they say, oh, I'm surprised he's friends with Carver. And, and right. I would say, well, I'm kind of surprised too, but, but on the same token, like, it, again, it just shows you, you know, that, that 
there there people are multifaceted and, and there's certain mm-hmm. things that you know you don't have to try to explain away certain you know bad you know opinions or you know or or, or, or bad beliefs is it wrong to think they just respected each other so much um i uh they, you know just think of those two minds and you know how they really uh, were one of the fascinating people that changed America for that generation. You know? Oh, I, just... I th- yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you could, I think when you see photographs of the two of them, you can, you can see uh, the, the appreciation uh, that, yeah, I mean, I, I think Ford was a, uh, Ford really admired Professor Carver. Mm. Well, it's, it's very interesting when you talk about Henry Ford, because I mean, he, Carnegie was also part of that era and Napoleon Hill, uh, they released, we, we did an interview on this, I think it was Penguin Books, I think, that uh, they did it with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and we interviewed the editor. They re-released, uh, it was like, it was not a re-release, but a release of these archives from Napoleon Hill, you know, that weren't out there before he died. And he went around and asked Andrew Carnegie and Henry Ford all these questions, and very much like, you know, thinking grow rich and all of that. And um, it was really interesting because you, you could see both of them being, you've got to give a bonus. You've got to do this. And it's like, if you want them to work, you've got to do this. It was like this two-sided thing. It was very weird. Mm. And then even reading like, um, I think it was Carnegie, oh, it was Napoleon Hill who said, Oh, people, you know, we've got to think about the next new invention. There were everybody was into inventions at that time, right? Mm-hmm. I think we, we did a car, we did, you know, we had waffle irons coming out of Erie, Pennsylvania at that time. You know, we had all of those things. But and I I laugh now and, and sadly, not in a good way. Napoleon Hill said, here's one of the best inventions you could do. If someone could create a way to have Coca-Cola that's not in a glass bottle so that it won't break. And here we are with the biggest plastic epidemic we have in the world from single-use plastic and Coca-Cola bottles and soda bottles are one of the problems, right? And here it is. It's like, yeah, that didn't really work out so well, did it? But you you could also look. you got to look. We didn't have so many people back then. And, exactly, he didn't. And, and it's, it's so it's this always this thing with history of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think it's very important all of these conversations, and in how history is interpreted. And this is why I really promote what's going on with the Jefferson Highway. You've got to get out there and go to these places, because that way you will see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You cannot erase the ugly. You can't erase the good and you can't erase the bad, but you must understand it to be able to interpret life. And going to these monuments actually gives you true interpretation. And so I think this is very important what we're talking about. I think it's very important that people travel the route, go to these and go to Tuskegee too, go to Alabama as well. Um, We've got to understand it's multifaceted. Human beings are complex, and most of the time we're idiots, and then a lot of times we're good. So no, but that's the truth. We're not. We're not all angels. And well, you know, it's we, not, it's, we kind and, of and take some, things for granted, and we you know? can't. We can't slough off the bad either, but we can have conversations, and we can make good, and. Honestly, to understand history, you can't just listen to a podcast like ours and get riled up or whatever you want to feel. You've got to actually go out there and immerse yourself in some way to really feel it. I mean, what what do you think on that, Paxson? I mean, with you doing performances, you can you're electric when you're performing. You can feel like the story more than i mean i'm I'm a book lover and everything but there's something about someone telling their story in first person how you do your show um that i think when people are there as kids and everyone that you can i don't know there's just a way to move forward and when you hear what you're doing you know i think you're right i mean i i think people i think stories have a way to make 
situations, ideas, thoughts, experiences come to life. And so I, so I think whenever anyone shares a story, you know, how they share it, uh, you know, can, can differ. But I, I think when, when it's, th that's, it's such a neat thing for me, you know, when I share Carver's story, because, you know, people will thank me uh, because they, they get an insight into a person mm -hmm. that they, you know, hadn't, didn't have that insight into. And I think part of it is, you know, sometimes they, they might be less inclined to just pick up a book about somebody, but if there's something going on and there's, if there's a reason to go see a program where, whether it's, you know, someone portraying someone or a, a, a play or, you know, or, or if it's just someone speaking, I mean, I think mm -hmm. that just the opportunity, uh, when that opportunity is out there, that might spur somebody to go learn and to go listen. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, and it's entertainment. And so, and, but, but I think, you know, again, when, whenever any story is told, I think there's real potential to help, make different ideas and experiences come to life. And I think it's pretty neat. Now, don't you want to do a road trip for George Carver, Washington? And, I mean, George Washington Carver, I'll get it straight. Go, don't you want to do like the road trip now? Come on and go to every site or you've already done it, right? And I, I have I, a feeling I, yeah, you've I, done I, it. I, I've been to a number of them. And, and the neat thing is, again, all, all these places, they have their own stories too, right? So I think that's the neat thing. So like when you go to a place, and, and when you share, so like when I, when I go to a place and share Carver's story, there are many folks there who did want to share their community story or their family story. So I think that's, to me, that's, that's the neatest thing because going in, I already know Carver's story, right? So I'm not, I'm not learning anything new about Carver when I go to these places. But, but when I get to hear, you know, folks tell me about some of the pioneering African-Americans in their community, or if they tell me about, you know, different things that occurred there that they're proud of are not proud of right you know people share uh lots mm. of different types of history so I mean, it's just such a neat uh it, it's a neat thing mm. i love that i love that you're saying that because it's it's really true about that's part of travel is when you yeah. go and what you think like you know i have this you know this feeling about george washington carver you know from what i've read and then seeing you on YouTube, I'm going, oh, wow, you gave me a whole other experience. But I think it's going to be really deep for me when we go to the monument, the National Monument in, in Diamond, uh, Missouri. I think it's going to be very, I don't know why, but it's a very, I don't know. He's a very, there's this painting by Betsy Graves, uh, Raynaud. That painting of him with the flower has stuck with me forever. It's one of my favorite pictures in the planet. And, you know, Nancy's an artist, and I love her art to death. She's my mother, and her art is beautiful. And it, it, it's That's right there with my mom's right art. I know, I'm saying, but her, this painting of him, and, and this, they're like daylilies to me, or amaryllis. Um, it, it just, it, yeah, I, I, when I see that painting, that that is George Washington Carver to me. That um, I don't know. You, that's as close as I probably could get, other than going to the monument. I don't know. You that, know that is, it is a great painting. I know it's weird, like how a painting can move you so far, right? But it's beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. I have a question for you too. I'm, I'm curious. You know, with uh, I saw something that you know was a picture of different. Uh, people like in Iowa history and uh, these great pioneers that uh, made Iowa and uh, right next to each other was Edward Meredith who did successful farming who was the Secretary of Agriculture for the United States in the early 1920s and was a presidential candidate at one time and was the really principal founder of the Jefferson Highway and uh, I, I was curious if they, you know, with him being the Secretary of Agriculture and all this, if, were mm. they ever within each other? Or do you have any knowledge of that? Or I'd love to see a picture of them together, but I, I don't know if it exists. You know, I, I don't know, but that, that makes me think I'll have to look and see if I can mm. find a photograph. Yeah. Is this uh, something that I just was curious about as we uh, look at this? And, and, uh, his artwork it fascinates me too. Uh, how much of his artwork uh, 
uh, still exists because he painted even later in life, did he not? Um, yes. Well, uh, sadly, there was a, a fire, and I, I used to know the year, maybe in like the 50s at Tuskegee, and a number of his paintings were lost. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 there's still a number of his paintings around. Uh, to, there's some in Tuskegee. There's some at the National Monument, uh, and then there's just some like uh, various museums. Like I know the uh, Museum of Mobile has a one of his paintings. Um, and I know nice. I, I saw something where he had maybe had sent an artistic Christmas card to someone at the uh, uh, maybe at Simpson College, and as part of their collection. Oh, that's yeah, travel. That sounds like something he would do. And I've I, I've seen uh, some of his postcards that he would draw or paint just on. Draw that paint he would send on the folks. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Uh, and I know I, what I understand. It was the story I was captured on that that it was loaned to a, another place in Iowa for display. They had a flood. And they just barely saved it, but it's back mm. in Simpson's oh. collection now. And uh, so. Um, you know, we're going to be in Iowa this year in our conference, and we're actually going to be going through Indianola. So, uh, in uh, maybe Ames, and we, we'd like to, uh, we're going to definitely try to make some stops to show the history of on route where we can. So, well, y'all should, yes. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, you've got a performer right here on the line. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, come on. I'm just saying. I know I shouldn't say this on a radio show, but, you know, know, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, it just would be really cool to have. Would you have ever predicted this uh, in your life? Uh, You know, I'm kind of this way, too. I don't know. I would have ever predicted I would be down this road, but when you were young, was this something you ever, uh, this is what you thought your life would be, uh, uh, going down this path, studying uh, Carver and becoming no. uh, so well-known? I'm just curious yeah. how that all it, happened it, to you. It, it, it just kind of happened, right? And so, I mean, again, he has such a great story, uh, yes, and, you know, and, yes. and people like the story, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, I mean, I did it once thinking I would be, you know, only do it once, but, but then it uh, you know, people kept asking, and so uh, such a yeah, uh-huh. it's, a neat, it's a neat story. So, yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. It's but really wait, you is. even had a painting done of you, like for what? What was going? Somebody painted you. I saw that on Google, like or not Google, but you're like a painting was done of you for yeah, for. Yeah, it was part of it. It's I a cool state. painting too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was for the the state fair. Uh, they had a, a series of Iowa staters. Uh, painted so yeah so I, I was it was, yeah, it was a neat experience. Dude, cool. he's famous. He's famous. That's cool. <laughs> I know we're gonna get so many more likes on our podcast now. No, I'm just I'm messing with you. It's it's cool though. I mean, what you're doing, I mean, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I I appreciate it because I think that story of George Washington Carver being there has got to be inspirational. What is it like for? kids to connect with you when you're doing your shows um because even the youtube uh video nancy and i were watching you were in a park somewhere with kids what is the reaction that you see with parents and the kids because that's always an interesting thing too between the two of them i mean i think that's one neat thing about carver's story is that there's so much to him that can resonate uh irrespective of age irrespective of you know, some folks who like uh, science and agriculture, they are intrigued by him. Folks mm-hmm. who like art. And so, I mean, I think because he was mm-hmm. so, because he had so many multitudes, I, I think, uh, and, and he was so relatable because he, he tried to be relatable in terms of his work. He tried to connect with folks so that he could share his research. Uh, and yeah, so I, so I do think uh, all ages, you know, just, and, and he, I mean, he, he kind of, uh, surpasses all kind of different boundaries, uh, which, which I think is pretty neat because it's such a it's such a neat story, and, and it, it's people find parts of the story uh, to grasp onto, and, and it may be a different part of a story than someone else might, but it's it, it's neat that at the end of the day they all learn about the same figure. Mm-hmm. I think that it's is the enthusiasm for life in general, and he appreciates so much about nature that he just is one of those people that can 
give it to other people in a manner where they get excited about it too. But because the topic is so big, you have a whole bunch of people that are relating to one part of this and one part of that. Yeah. It is the blend. I mean, you're yeah. on Big Blend Radio, and that's our right. whole thing is that everything is connected. That's what we love about the Jefferson Highway. Jefferson mm-hmm. Highway, I mean, it's every rabbit hole in the in the planet. Every time we do a show with Roger, that's all we talk about. So oh, that's another rabbit hole. We mm-hmm. can't go down here yet because then we'll never, you know, finish our show. But it's the truth. When you do these road trips and you go through America and you go through or any country, really, when you follow routes and you have this guideline to go, oh, I'm going to do this and this. Well, go, fo- you know, follow the, the George Washington Carver route on the highway. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's something really huge. Um, we, we've got to, you know, look at our past to be able to be better in our future. And he really had that past of, of teaching people that the web of life, everything is connected. You know, your yeah. plants are connected. He, he, you look at his quotes, you know, he talks about not being so um, materialistic. Yeah. It's really anti the materialism movement, and it was starting to happen, which is interesting. Going back to the whole thing with Ford, you know, so I I wonder if he was balancing Ford out a little bit. They were balancing each other in a way, you know, yes. as friends. That's interesting because of materialism. He was not materialistic. What um, can you tell us about the monument? People going to the national monument. Oh, it's, it's so it's 240 acres, and uh, it's the farm that George grew up on. So the the farm that Moses Carver owned, and there's an 18,000 square foot visitor center that was new probably around 2006, but they they updated it not too long ago. It's it's, it's a very it's a really neat uh, visitor center. Lots of hands on activities. There's also uh, I think maybe a, about a two mile or so walking trail, which is pretty neat. There's an 1881 historic home that uh, Moses and Susan lived in, and uh, the, that house actually was built after George had left. But uh, but we do know that George stayed there on occasion when he would come back to visit. Uh, there's a pond. There's a, a really nice tall grass prairie restoration area. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty neat place. You know, there's lots of places to, you, you know if you want to uh, have a meal there, you know, walk around and uh it's 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 comfortable it's inspiring it's i guess also just kind of neat to see where there's there's some statues there too if i remember oh yes yeah there's a a famous statue known as the boyhood uh the carver boyhood statue i think it's called that's on the walking trail and there's a neat pretty over there's a neat overlook uh where Mm -hmm. you know where you can go if you don't want to walk the whole trail Mm -hmm. to see it I want to walk the trail. I want to go in the whole thing. Hey. I, want, I, was, I got stuck on the, the website again today because then I was watching their videos as well. And I'm like, I have to go. So, Nancy, it's happening this year. I don't care. We end up, we end up going through Missouri all the time. And so, Is there a you know, building that's supposed to be uh, uh, his school that's been restored in Yosho? Oh, Am I wrong? Yes. Yep. So that's in Yosho, the 1872 Lincoln School. Uh, has been restored, uh, and they've been working on that project probably maybe about ten years now. Uh, mm. But it's it looks it's pretty neat, and yeah, and it's kind of it looks like it did uh, when he was there when Carver attended. Cool. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 worth seeing. And that's not too far away from uh, the monument. Oh no, but it's probably about a twenty minute drive. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's nothing. Like you know. I'm I'm just even thinking it's not far from Tuskegee to there, you know. It's just not. Well, nothing's far from Nancy and I anymore, but um, you know, it's not. I just I just Nancy, let's do it. Let's do a map on on George Washington Carver. Let's do it, okay? Sure. I know we're gonna have to do it now. It's all in. Um, but thank you all for joining us. Uh, before we go down another rabbit hole, because you can keep talking about <laughs> George Washington Carver. I encourage people to go on the route, the Jefferson Highway route itself. Uh, before we go, Roger, um, the conference, you want to give people a quick update on that because there's all kinds of good things happening. And it's coming in June, everyone, in Mason City, Iowa. I encourage you on YouTube. We have a playlist. 
We have something new coming up for the Highway Association. You'll see soon on um, radio-wise, but I, I can't announce it yet. But I just did. Yeah, the I conference is, um, is June 7th through 10, Mason City, Iowa. Registration is already underway on our website. And we have jeffersonhighway.org, everyone. We have a lot of registrants already from different parts of the country. And we are going to be in the historic park in the Frank Lloyd Wright designed, uh, the only remaining one in the United States world. And uh, we're excited about that. And we have, uh, we're going to do a caravan through Iowa. Uh, starting in Lamoni, Iowa, on January, excuse me, June 5th, June 5th, and uh, it'll be uh, basically two and a half days, and we'll get to June uh, 7th in Mason City. We're looking forward to that. So information on that is on our Facebook page and the website, and uh, if you want to ask questions about that anytime, send us an email to info at jeffersonhighway.org. Cool, cool. Uh, I wanted to go back to you, Paxton, before we leave. Anything that we missed out that we should have asked you? I don't believe so. I mean, I, I think uh, you asked all the right questions, especially uh, I really enjoyed our discussion when we talked about the value of the stories, both Carver's story and then the stories that exist in all these places. And so I, mean, I, I think that's the I think that's that's the the, the, the key thing I would want you know, folks to take away is that, you know, Carver has a great story. There's a lot to learn about him, but there's just a lot to learn also about so many of the places and figures that I think we'd be well served to, to learn about and remember. I think mm -hmm. he would want that too. I think he's one of those. He want, he doesn't want, you know, it's like, it's, I did this, but there's so much, you know, more go discover yes. and share yes. and share, 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 share. Um, he's very much that way. And, and, and just, um, I think I've he was learning. I think he was learning or uh, new education his whole life. Didn't he? I mean, mm -hmm. he was always searching for something new. So, yeah. Oh, oh, do you, books for anybody wanting to read up. Any book recommendations, uh, Paxton? And we can get yeah. that from you later too, if you want. But. Well, I think there are a number of good ones. One, I really like Jerry Kramer's George Washington Carver in his own words. And it, uh, it's a compilation of various letters and writings from Carver. Uh, oh. And so that's, that's one. I also like Linda McMurray Edwards's, uh, it might just be Linda McMurray at the time, uh, her book, George Washington Carver, Scientist and Symbol. Uh, and I think that's the book that, uh, I think it was like her, her PhD research that she turned into a book. And it's, 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 a, pretty, it's a very good book. And uh, I also like, I think Gary Kramer also did a children's book, uh, probably in the mid 2000s, that I think is also worth reading. Oh, cool! I think George right. Washington Carver would have done a children's book too. Too good. Yes, you know? yes. I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I mean, this is awesome. Everyone, uh, thank you for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. We do our Jefferson Highway show every fourth Thursday, but please keep up with the Jefferson Highway if you go to jeffersonhighway.org. Learn more about the amazing conference that's happening every year, but this time again in Iowa, uh, Mason City, Iowa. And uh, also keep up with them on Facebook. They have an awesome Facebook group. You want to go down rabbit holes of history. It's super cool. I, I'm That's my morning coffee time is Jefferson Highway time. So it's really cool to go check out there. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Natchitoches, uh, you know, Natchitoches is in Louisiana. It is the oldest city uh, in the state of Louisiana, and it is on the Jefferson Highway Trail. That's how we got started on this rabbit hole, and we met Roger online. But, Roger, we're coming. We're coming for you. We're coming to Muskogee soon. I'm waiting on you. I'm serious. Like, it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. I'm not kidding. We're coming. And um, the whole town will know the whole town. The city yeah. won't be loud. You know, we are. Um, but anyway, so uh, Natchitoches, Louisiana, go to Natchitoches.com. And that's N-A-T-C-H-I-O-C-H-E-S.com. Because I have to sing it that way because it's not how it's spelled and how it sounds are two different things. It's one of our favorite places on the planet. And they even have a Jefferson Highway Park. Arlene rallies her people together. And she's like... If we're on the highway, we need to have a park. And we agree with that. Right. So that's right. Uh, so everyone, uh, check out Natchitoches.com. 
And I'm going to give a shout out to the peanut patch since we're talking about George Washington Carver. If you want peanuts, go to thepeanutpatch.com and order them online. Right. This is where we, when we lived in Arizona, we'd go there and get licorice and all kinds of candies and peanuts, peanuts and-, and fresh peanut butter. They would make it right there for you. Whoa. And there's nothing like that fresh nice. peanut butter. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. You, you peanut butter in the regular stores like does not add up. This fresh not peanut the same butter. Thing. It's fresh peanut butter, and mm-hmm. um, it's like a whole other thing, and it's delicious, and it's good. And she sent us on a farm mission. Our friend Donna Georgia owns the peanut patch. She says you're traveling the country. I want you to get as many farm stories as possible. So I think that when we do George Washington Carver, I think we're like hit the jackpot on that, right? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just saying George Washington Carver knows about peanuts, but uh, she knows about it too. She's going to love it. I know. I love it. But thank Mm -hmm. you so much, everyone. Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you, Paxton. Thank you, Roger, as always. Roger, you rock. You put up with us every fourth Thursday. Thank you. (laughs) See you next time. Thank you. Take care, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye. 